feel like everybody's right and everybody's wrong. 100%. Why is this important? Why are we even going here? He's helped a lot of guys. He's also not had success with a lot of guys. Come in with a purpose, and they're very intentional with what they do and how they do it. From the majors to the sandlot, baseball and softball share space in one place. Welcome to the farm system. Fellas, 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 and the ladies, welcome back for another episode of The Farm. Ladies, 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 we got special guest today. She's fired up like she's trying to hold I'm back ready. the smirk. That, <laughs> trying to hold back the smirk. Nicole, Nikki P. Nikki P. is on the pod today. We're going to talk all things softball. What's going on? Why are you so excited? About I'm so excited. I don't know. <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> Well, and I wore the softball shirt today. Yeah, Tennessee. I see. Shout out to Karen yep. Weekly and Chris Malvo. Yep. Also, shout out to uh, uh, shout out. You know, just says you got to make a PR statement every time you wear a different thing. Also, shout out to Texas. We would just like to say a shout out to Texas. All right. All right. Well, I wore this shirt. No. Yeah, I set it up. I knew it. I was like, she's wearing she's wearing Tennessee. We're definitely doing a pod today. Um, no. So, uh, so many things, softball, and so many different directions and rabbit holes. And again, this will be the first of. Uh, mini podcast. I'm actually kind of blew my mind when we said it. Just when Cody was like, "Well, you want to make your debut today?" I was like, "Okay, she hasn't done a pod yet, huh?" So, and we've talked about it quite a bit. So, um, some things that I wanted to talk through. We actually mentioned this at lunch today. We were talking about how uh, the chance that happened in softball comparatively to uh, baseball and like the difference between the two. I think is really interesting. And also, too, I got some things to say about women's sports in really good ways that uh, men could learn from. So I, th I think we could we could dive into some of that things. Um, but, uh, you know, also with it as well, there's so many different rabbit holes. So if I'll open this up. What's going on in softball right now, Nikki P? From your view, from your peer view looking around, what do you think, you know, like what's new, what's popping, what's in, what's out, what's, you know, what, what has been top of mind for you just kind of looking around the sport? This year it's been the glitter eye black. It has. It has been the glitter eye black. Yeah. That has been something new. Last year it mm. was the glitter visors. Wow. That was a big game changer. Well, I, I like the eye black. The it eye black, I think, cool. I think it looks pretty cool. It does look cool. Mm -hmm. It does look really cool. But no, um, last year, you know, being in, fortunate to be part of, like, the pivotal of softball, um, mm -hmm. I got to see firsthand how much different it was last year compared to the years before, just about the competition that was being played. And, yeah. You know, like, at Texas last year, we were um, picked, like, barely top 20. We had... Mm -hmm. We went like 0 and 5 for the first tournament at Clearwater and came out to win second in the country at the end. So, yeah. And just like things also like mid major schools are now coming up against Power Five schools. So yep. I think softball is in a good place right now where the ceiling's being a lot closer, where I think the competition's getting a lot better because people are taking player development a lot more seriously now. Yeah. No, and I, I was going to say the other thing is, is one major change in the sport in general, I'd say probably over the last like five years or so, um, is the hitting. Like yeah. girls are we're, like there. There's more, and I, again, I statistically probably need to look it up, but like I know that there's more. Like the games are more high scoring. It's not so dominated by pitching, um, even though it's still pretty dominated by pitching. But I guess I could say the same with uh, baseball in that way. Um, but I know that in that way, there's a lot more home runs. There's a lot more doubles. There's a lot more, and I, I think on the same side of that. Um, it's also kind of weeded out, I feel like, the the athleticism also, too, just like in the infield and all those things that are happening, too. Is, I think it's weeded out a lot of the, let's say, lower-tier slappers, where, like, the slappers now that are out are 
pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you think on that note? Again, I'm, I'm saying, you know, from just my perspective, but what have you seen, you know, kind of over the years, the last couple of years? Um, I think in the early 2000s, there's been a lot of short game recently um, just because the pitching um, defenses weren't as competitive. So now I think more of the power hitting game, hitting balls more gap to gap has been more of a pivotal role. And mm. so as um, that has transitioned into softball, I think also um, defenses have been able to kind of, since softball is so quick, um, I think it challenges more for the slappers to be able to be more placement wise. Mm. And I think also competition wise, you know, um, girls being where they are now, like, um, barreling up more balls, hitting balls more gap to gap. I think so important now, especially for the game of softball. And I think we've been seeing more power hitters lately than ever before. Yeah, for sure. But I also think there could be a shift in that as well, since the new rule came out recently with softball about like the out of the box rule mm-hmm. has switched short game up a little bit more behind because a lot of slappers are, are, are like are out of the box when they do hit. But mm-hmm. overall, like I think the game's going to go in a good direction now where people mm. are starting to realize that you don't have to be the biggest girl to hit gap to gap. Like you can, like you can hit doubles by just being as big as I am. So, yeah. What do you, um, just to break that down, um, the, the rule change there, cause that's also very different. If you're listening from a baseball perspective, the out of the box rule is very different from baseball compared to softball. So I know in baseball, for example, if any part of your foot is touching the line, you're considered in the box. Now that is not the rule for softball. So I wanted you to kind of like elaborate there on like what the difference is in that rule, uh, what it used to be, you know, what it is now, and then why that's impacted the game. I think that rule is placed in 2020 or 2021. It hasn't been very long. But um, before, um, as long as your foot wasn't completely out of the box or on top of the home plate, then mm-hmm. you were good. And now yep. any part of your foot that's outside of the chalk is good or you being out of the box. Yeah. But at the same exact time, um, with that too, it's very hard for the umpires to see that and, and like the and ball. Shot. And yeah. um, a lot of times, like I think they base their opinion off more like where the foot was being placed or where mm. the footprint was. Yeah. Um. So over time, that's been kind of a that was a hard rule at first. I remember the first year was really tough for a lot of slappers. A lot of being queen called the box. And now, like as I keep watching games, um, it's not it hasn't been as prevalent as it has yeah. been before. I think. They've been like a little more leeway about it, and yeah. I have seen more slappers this year than I have the previous years. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the other thing is like also one thing I noted when I was just you know the more softball I've watched over the last couple of years is one thing that I think is a big impact, and I think a lot of hitters in baseball don't really think about this either. But the impact of um, you know our box dimensions are very different than your guys's box dimensions. So that's the other thing as well as like, again, it's more designed. It's like, uh, again, obviously less width. And then also on top of that, uh, they seem to be longer, right? But maybe it's because the width is so there. And again, I'd have to look up the exact dimensions. But again, it's also designed for, again, there's different uh, rules of play. Like baseball back in the day, we used to really utilize like the full box, right? Like there'd be guys that are like, you know, more towards like the back corner you know obviously the back side of the box is really prevalent and a lot of uh, you know see the ball longer all the things that people like to say that way or maybe somebody's scooting up uh towards the pitcher because you know he's throwing t- certain types of breaking balls not so much in the big leagues but again at lower levels you know the pitching uh, the timing you know that's one way they can do it uh the other thing is is usually scooting closer to the home plate um so that they can cover more outside pitches and things like that right um i would say 
more often than not in baseball, the backside of the box, right, like behind the hitter or going towards the dugout behind them, uh, they usually use the backside or the back corners, you know, a lot less often as well. But I think it's, again, it's more designed for the game um, going along with it. And then also uh, you talked a lot about a lot about it on social media. I know there's a lot of uh, baseball players or people that are also getting into softball. Why don't, why don't you explain – uh, it's a common term uh, that you use all the time is, you know, when we talk about slappers, we talk about being a triple threat. Like, what does that mean, right? So someone that's interested in softball going into that side and also, too, maybe is, didn't grow. They, uh, they have a daughter or an X, Y, and Z, and they're like, triple threat. Like, what, is that, what does that mean? What does that entail? Why is that so important for slappers to have those, like, dimensions of their game? Triple threat is defined as someone that hit for power, for average, and do short game all at the same time mm -hmm. um, in one setting, basically. Um, but also triple threat can vary from person to person. Um, obviously, with certain girls, um, some people have are a little bit more faster and a little more stronger than others. So, mm -hmm. like, for me, like, triple threat for me would be, like, I want to hit the ball over the infielder's head. I want to put the ball on the ground. I want to make it hop. I want to make it um, give with a little, and I want to bunt. Versus mm -hmm. someone else who's maybe a little stronger than I am would be like, okay, I want to hit away for more like gap to gap um, to the wall. Okay, I can't hit. I can put a ball down when I want to put a ball down. I can chop a ball um, 10 feet in the air when I want to. So it just varies from person to person. But when you're starting off, um, learning how to just hit balls flushed is the most important thing. What we do here at the farm, um, just learning how to, how to, like, how to, how to be, um, be braced at contact, I mm -hmm. think is the first for, like, foremost part. Mm -hmm. that you learn that you should let that should learn for striking and obviously mm -hmm. learning how to bunt too would be the second part at the same time learning how to like have touch with your barrel so mm -hmm. if you're starting off being trouble through it i would start there learn how to learn how to hit a ball flushed and learning how to have touch with your barrel would be the, my most important part yeah no i think that's big and i think too a lot of people underestimate um you know again like you're talking about not only just you know, I, touch and then also you know, you could call it direction of some of those things, but I also call it, uh, you know, not just placement of obviously where the ball is going. Cause again, again, it, it, Supreme slapper. And again, if you're in the sport and this is, you know, again, I'm more trying to educate people that don't haven't watched the game at this level is one of the things is again, the placement is huge. And we know that within baseball, within, you know, like bunting placement is, is gigantic. And it still is obviously from softball in that way when it comes to bunting specifically, but also, too, when, you know, slappers, especially at the elite level, especially at power fives, is, you know, you got some elite shortstops that are out there, right? You got your pages that are running around. You got your Taylor Pleasants that are running around. You got, uh, what's her name? I was just watching her play the other day, the, the shortstop that you uh, sent me. What was her name? Uh, that was against that play against oh, LSU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, some elite players that are really um, just crazy athleticism that's coming into the sport uh, right now as well. Um, I think that that's, you know, just huge when it comes into, um, you know, putting those balls in plays. But the, one of the word that comes to my head when I think of um, a slapper in a lot of those ways and those skills, the word that pops in my head is like finesse. And it's yeah. just like, you know, there's there's this finesse, again, touch, whatever, you know, those things we can call it, not just with bunting, but also, you know, again, like the it, it may be looking like, let's say you're watching like a Sierra Briggs or somebody like that, right? Like you're watching her hit like the first time you ever watched her hit i think you need to watch someone like that play a good number of games to realize how elite they actually are and what i mean by that is it's so intentional where her balls are going like it's so intentional like it's not like oh it just happened to end up there like no 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 like 
she'll put it there nine times out of 10. Like, you know, it's like, she's so elite at, at those things. And I think that that's one thing that gets undermined, um, with slapping is like, again, like how effective, Mm -hmm. um, it is, especially for a girl that's really like skilled at that. So why don't you kind of just like open that up too? It just being like, uh, obviously, you know, it's passion of yours, right. Of just like the, from the slapping side, but, um, like how skill-based it actually is. It's not just, I think at a lower level, uh, is it fair to say at a lower level, a lot of times these girls are just really fast and they haven't, they like a lot of them haven't learned again, that finesse, that placement, all those other things. And then 100%. as they go up, they have to actually get skilled at where they put the ball and all those things. 100%. Like at lower levels, even like in age groups, like um, we have a girl here named Lucy Bianchi. Like she's mm -hmm. in 12 U. She's really, really fast, but she gets away with a lot of things because she's very quick. So fast. Yeah. And, you know, she knows she could put a ball down. May, may not be like the perfect bunt or like yeah. the perfect salsa, the yeah. perfect chop slap, but. Mm -hmm since then that age is still growing developing and yeah. like their bat to bat the ball skills and like and like glove skills like mm, then arm. more errors can be more prevalent even so yeah. like in college like you think about um lower level colleges you know facing defenses that aren't as skill based or as fine um, yep. you can get away with a lot of things for sure um but i noticed that my power five like being in that air like area and like watching so much and training girls who were going like like prospects to go to that level like you can't get away with a whole lot of things um but also too i will give you an example so i used to train molly mitchell she's um in texas she's committed to georgia mm. i trained her from like 12 to like till she was 16 or so and a lot of her um she was really fast but she knew that uh, that wasn't going to be enough and so with her a lot of my sessions with her i had her once a week for like over an hour or so we started figuring out during our time together that it wasn't about like practicing the skills like one by one by one and like mm -hmm. getting so many reps in with the tools. It was more about can I execute the tools within that given time? Mm -hmm. Like how can I get my body to figure out like immediately changing a tool? How can I get it to actually work? And for her, like what I noticed a lot with her, we had conversations a lot too together about she was bad at this one tool. I think it was like it was like bunting. It was a like quick bunt. And mm. she used to be terrible at it. And then one day she had it down really well. And I was like, we practice. She goes, no, I just figured out like how to get myself to do that, like that, that skill without having to practice it so much. Mm. Just small things. Like I think slapping too also is going from tool to tool, like within the at bat, like once at a time. And it isn't about practicing the tools like over and over again. It's just about like how quickly can I transition? And yeah. that's the most important part. And I think the hardest part of being a slapper is transitioning from tool to tool. Yeah. No, and that becomes big too. And again, like if you haven't watched, there's these intricacies um, within that skill. And what I mean by that is like you're talking about like, you know, those quick bunts are also too the uh, fake bun bunt, right? <laughs> or I don't know exactly if that's the exact wording that you'd get with it. But like Blazing. there's, yeah, there's, there's all of these uh, small intricacies, which is like, okay, again, how I'm playing with the defense and getting them to respond that way. But, you know, again, you can connect to this also within baseball where, um, it could be guys that are really fast, even on, you know, when we first, uh, from the other side of that, it was just being, it could be a routine ground ball and the guy will beat it out. So we have to play up, right. So that we can, you know, like, Hey, this guy's really fast. Right. Um, you know, you got to think of like, you know, imagine having somebody more recent to imagine having somebody like, you know, Brett Gardner or somebody like that within baseball, right. But at the high school level, he's so elite 
like speed wise is like he's put so much pressure on the defense. It's like you bobble, you tap one extra time, you know, any of those things, like that person, yeah. they're safe. Or, or right? like Corbin Carroll with the Diamondbacks, same thing. Yeah, yeah, just they're so fast, right? And so, um, you know, there's obviously uh, a use to that. And there's also different ways of uh, creating hits when you have speed like that. Um, and I think, you know, again, along with that is that's the same thing in, you know, defensively and, and softball in that way is like some of these players at the lower levels are like, it could be a routine ground ball. Like she didn't even hit it very well, um, but she's so fast. And again, the defender is not that athletic, needs an extra pat to get their feet underneath them, has to, you know, all these things to actually be able to throw a ball across the diamond and get, you know, get this player out. Um, and then you take on top of that as well, like, you know, um, uh, Lindsay left, which just pushed it out pretty hard the other day again. Um, but like the size of the softball, right? Like, um, and like at what age is those sizes to change in other parts of the world? It's different. It's, they have smaller balls and they, you know, arrange up. I, someone was commenting, I think from like Australia or something like that, that they had, uh, that the ball like slowly gets bigger and it's like, you know, then different leagues and different ways are, are going different ways. But, you know, again, the, the, why is the size of the softball so important? Well, you know, a lot of these girls don't have big enough hands to actually like palm, right? Like you, she's like me today, right? That, um, so what happens is like, they can't hold on to the softball, right? And then you have, you know, the science side, you got the centrifugal force X, Y, and Z where like the ball like actually is literally will fly out of their hand and they can't control it and they can't throw it accurately. So then a lot of girls, um, same thing happens in a swing, um, uh, with hitters is that they'll start pushing to get direction. So they'll start pushing the ball, like shot putting that ball like across, which again, obviously is going to really deplete velo, mm -hmm. but it's going to give you some direction and it's something that they can do there. So at younger ages too, some of those girls, it's not that they're not strong enough or X, Y, and Z, but they might literally not have the physical size to be able to throw a ball that hard just because when they go to do it, like again, the ball is literally coming out of their hand, right? And a softball is a pretty pretty big dimension. Um, and so I think the other side with that too is like typically uh, me and Lindsay have talked about this quite a few times is usually the girls that have really good throwing arms, you know, play baseball for a good portion of their life. Um, not only are you throwing longer distances and those things that are happening too, but like it cleans up the arm path by having a smaller ball uh, to hold on to. And at younger age groups and a lot of different age groups across the nation, like uh, they use a lot of the smaller balls for longer periods of time or whatever that is. Um, as well. So I think that's pretty interesting because, um, you know, in, in softball, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like in baseball, you know, we play on 60 foot diamonds and then we move up to 90 foot diamonds, right? We got 200 foot fences and then we, we, then we get to the 300 foot fences, but you guys are playing on the same dimensions. Is that, is it always, or is there, yeah, it's okay. like throughout the whole entire time of your life is 50 yeah. feet. Yeah. And I think, um, I remember I was, are the fences just as far too? Is it still like 200? It can vary from field to field. Okay. Um, some fields are 210 to 210 gap to gap, and some are a little wider and a little longer. Got it. Typically, if a shorter field like a 210 to 210, then the fence will be generally higher. Got it. So you guys, you guys, you know, but again, it's not nothing drastic like us where we go from 60 foot to 90, 90 foot diamonds and then all of a sudden have a you know, have a, um, a fence that's a hundred feet further than it used to be. Like that's, that's a pretty dramatic change of the ball. Like in the, and that, yeah, like the 10 year olds we train, they play the same dimensions as softball. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and I, you know, obviously with that, that's something that gets, you know, brought up, you know, something that gets brought up there is like, you know, I think that's a big thing. I actually talked about that, uh, when I was consulting for some teams, uh, the last couple of years, um, in the softball side, one of the things I brought up, I was like, man, if I coach softball, like I would move my, fi my fences back like 40 feet and like, we'd be the only ones like hit jacks. Right. Like, or like, you know, like, again, along with that, it's like, there's so many home runs, um, 
there's so many home runs that are now starting to get hit, but also too, the girls are getting stronger, more athletic, like they're training different, like all these other things that are coming into it as well, which it changes that. And I think I would imagine, but who knows, I would imagine at some point that they probably do, you know, deep in the fields or, uh, you know, those things like back in the day, the home run numbers were nowhere near, you know, what's happening now in the game. The sport's just really changing offensively. Um, which is big. And I still think, you know, in some areas definitely it still has a long ways to go in, in, in certain ways. Um, and also too, I think it also makes it difficult as well is when you're playing on a field and not that it doesn't happen in baseball, it's just harder mm-hmm. is um, when you're playing on fields that th- there's not too many happy accidents on baseball fields for home runs, yeah. for example, right? Where in softball, like, You'll see girls doing half swings. You'll you'll see you'll see a lot of these things. And again, not to say that you know Barry Bonds pulled one off where his bat broke in half and he hit a home run one time. It was like okay, again we're like okay, everybody in the sports like yeah, that's Barry Bonds, right? Like we are looking at that, knowing that, right? But other than that, right, and just in general, right, a lot of these things happen in softball and also too. Like man, some of these girls are these are big girls, like not and not necessarily too like and like powerful athletes, right? Like you know when you're standing around. Uh, you know, just, you know, Taylor Pleasance, for example, right? Like just, that's a very large athletic girl, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, again, or even to, um, uh, women, grown women, grown, grown, <laughs> grown, grown. <laughs> grown. yeah. Like, and they're just, they're powerful. Right. And you know, you, you get to that or you get to, um, what's her name that plays first, um, for LSU, um, Georgia Clark. Yeah. Georgia Clark. Like she's a beast. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that girl can create some power. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you go with that. It's like, even both of them, like, both of them could get jammed and hit a home run. Like, it's just like, man, I, you know, again, they're just playing on dimensions that are like that. I think at some point they roll it back a little bit. I don't know if it ever gets to the point that it would ever be, like, slow-pitch softball, like how far those fences are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's generally, like, 300 feet or something like that, or some of them are a little shorter. But still, like, you know, with it, I don't think it ever gets that far. But I could see them moving it back, like, you know. I don't know. It'll happen over time because you also have stadiums that are built and it, moving back a fence 10 feet is a big deal <laughs> at a stadium. So, but it's happened in baseball. They change dimensions of fields all the time. Um, some fields, you know, are unique where again, uh, and also too, I was going to ask that as well because I haven't seen a ton of them. Is there unique fields like, um, let's say you say like the green monster, like an in, in MLB, right? Where it's like crazy short, but it's just really tall, right? Or Vanderbilt, right? Is very similar to that. Or, uh, there's certain, you know, like nooks and crannies, like you look at like Houston or something like that, where there's just like these unique field dimensions. Does that happen a lot uh, in, in, in college uh, softball in that way? Or are they pretty routine? I mean, I, I know you mentioned that there's some fluctuation, but how have you seen a field that's like kind of crazy like that? Yeah, like at Texas, our wall is one of the biggest walls in college softball. Yeah, it was like at the scale that thing, but. It was shorter in dimension, like 210 to 210, um, gap to gap. Mm. I don't remember, like, what down the line would be and what. I think center field was, like, 220, 225. Mm. Generally, the shorter the distance by that length, the taller the fence is going to be. Yeah. But not always. Like, some schools, like, I remember we played at um, Louisiana Lafayette. Or, sorry, U of L now, not Lafayette anymore. Mm. Um, Their fence was generally the same size as ours, but it was shorter, but it was wood. And there was like s- nails coming out of it. It was wow. kind of scary to like yeah. for the, the play on, but I remember yeah. um, it's just same thing, same things like that. I think the budget and like yep. what the school has resources wise and mm-hmm. how they can maintenance their field. Yeah, it's also important. Yeah, I think at more in Division One, there's more like grass and dirt. Mm. 
versus like under like in D two and D three, like there's more turf fields. Yeah, you want to hear a funny uh, junior college story for us? We were playing in a game and uh, the field got like mm-hmm. flooded, right? So they like drained it, all the stuff, got it decently playable. But there's a one spot in the outfield that was literally just mm-hmm. a puddle, like just a deep, like six inches of water, right? So we had to play the game. So they decided at the home plate meeting that they put cones around this area. This is a junior college story to the max. They put cones around this area. And they said if the ball lands here and they, the, they, everybody agreed on it, right, that, that we thought the outfielder could have got there to catch it, that, you know, it would be an out. And uh, we had a play. We had a play, of course, that went to the triangle of this. And, I mean, we're talking about, like, a five-by-five five area. I mean, it was a small – not very large. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, we were playing with cones on the field. It was, it was pretty classic. Um, so, a uh, guy hits a ball. Our guy comes running in for it, uh, like, catches it. But, like, right as he's running into the area, and I remember him coming out, and, like, again, above his cleats was just mud. Just, like, everything was just his, – his entire cleats down. But I just thought of how classic of a junior college. Like, that's a junior college story. Like, hey, we're going to play with this massive puddle on the field, and we're going to put cones around it, and we're just going to, you know, predict if we thought this guy would have made this out or not. Um, yeah, some of those fun junior college stories. Uh, no, and then uh, the other thing I think is interesting, and this is one thing I've noticed quite a bit too. I know there's two sides, you know, and again, in any sports, and, um, you know, girls can also be mean, right? But I also think that one of the areas that – Largely, I think teams can really pick up from and men can really pick up from um, from your guys' sport, too. And it starts with some of the, the simple stuff, right? Like, I, I mean, probably the first year in softball. I bet you you can probably what's, – what's the youngest age of softball like you've seen like a club ball team? Like what age group? 8U. 8U, right? So if you go into an 8U club ball team, like immediately they're chanting. Like you know that there's songs in the dugout. Like everybody's singing like it, from, the, yeah. from the ground up. That's how it's built, right? So I just started – really started thinking about this obviously we just accept it right like everybody knows we're gonna go to a softball game okay there's gonna be chanting all these things obviously in baseball like it, you, you're gonna hear some you know hum now come on kid bubble you know but like it's not a chant yes. right and so um from your perspective and i know that this again is so commonly perspective you know commonly just ran past but why do you think that is so specific to because again in many other sports that are female sports there's not chanting like that. Yeah. Right. So why do you think specifically in softball? I'm sure there's like a, a root story, but from your perspective, what do you think? Why do you think that that is and that that in softball that happens so much? I mean, or playing softball culture? since I've been I played softball where I'm like 10 to until I was 22. I didn't really play anything else besides volleyball. But that was in high school and obviously yeah. like my little short self you know, mm-hmm. that didn't last very long. But anyway, yeah. um. I never really thought anything different of it. I think it was just part of the game. And yeah. When I started getting into coaching, I had to start getting male friends. And the male mm-hmm. friends were previously from baseball. Like, either they mm-hmm. coached baseball or they played baseball and they were going into softball. And that happens a lot in softball now. A lot of men transitioning to softball. And yeah. I would always ask them, like, hey, like, what is the biggest, like, difference that you notice? And it's probably a question they get asked a lot. But, like, I wanted to know, like, in-depth detail, like, mm-hmm. not, like, the classic – side conversation like like really what's the def, def, the difference and the one thing they said that i remember they would always say is the energy of the dugout yeah energy is so much more livelier in softball than it is in baseball yep i mean in baseball you have nine innings softballs are seven yep um it's faster mm-hmm. sh- field field dimension shorter you can be you can have a seven seven inning game done in an hour and a half yeah 
a nine inning game in baseball is like typically what three hours yeah yeah so. like two and a half hours yeah, yeah. yeah. depending on how previously level you're the at. pitch yeah. clock so mm-hmm. like i think with the cheering it makes it more livelier more upbeat and yeah. faster yeah versus like baseball there's so much downtime maybe there's not yeah maybe that's why there's not as much cheering yeah like well softball. and you're pushing the issue right with the 60 foot bases like there's a lot of like bang bang plays yeah where in baseball when it happens like the dugout's going nuts like like you know the bang bang play and this guy dies or whatever right that makes it happen but it, you know again that's very different um yeah i think i think there's more of a um so in school not to get us too far off the topic here we're gonna circle back but is that um in school uh, one of the classes i took uh, we talked about um competitive balance mm-hmm. it was one thing that was built into a lot of sports and like these how rules get changed within sports right they you know for example like quarterbacks being protected in, in football and how these rules have changed mm-hmm. over time a lot of this, or you know three point lines or things like that where they've created these competitive balance um situations and i think if you look at softball i feel like softball is more at least today's game i feel like is more competitively balanced um than baseball in a lot of those uh, facets and what I mean by that is just like how many bang bang plays there are how much energy even on a normal like I've watched uh, you know like uh, plenty of power five games but also too just even at lower levels like there's just a lot of more energy like within those games and like you said the time frame being down um, as well as you know I think that's plays a large factor like you were saying as well but like you know going back into that and again not to get us too far off there you know uh, definitely the culture within um but why do you think that that like stuck like why do you think like the chanting all that stuff you know it's stuck in that sport and it's not something that's just gone away like it's part of the game now like that's just is <laughs> yeah like um i think for me like also girls girls tend to feed off of emotions a lot more than boys do in my opinion mm-hmm. you know, boys here and coaching them um girls it's a lot of like unspoken language mm-hmm. um and i think cheering is like a way to get them to get ready for the game, like understand mm. the situation, but also at the exact same time, like you can't fake emotion. Yeah. You know, like there's been times where like I remember in dugouts, like whether I was playing or coaching or one of the other um, coaches would get mad at the players for like not cheering, not saying anything, but yeah. it wasn't really a situation in the time during the game where you could have that immediate emotion to get someone pumped up, like it was almost dead. Yeah. So I think cheering is kind of a way to get them to focus or to get them to be spontaneous in that way. Yeah. Without having to like go around and like, um, like baseball, like oh you have it, guy, blah blah blah. Like I think mm. girls like use cheering as a way to create energy in the dugout on the field to get yeah. someone to produce in that sense. But also yeah. I think from cheerleading as well. I mean the amount of girls that I played with yeah. that were cheerleaders and softball players. It would make sense. Yeah, I wouldn't put that together. The the yeah, I do think that you know because one thing I used to do as a coach is that I would designate a pole in the dugout, mm-hmm. and I would say, hey, like nobody can stand past this pole, and then like force everybody together and be like you know and rather than everybody like you know again you look at a high school team right let's say your varsity team a lot of times a lot of these teams like you only have you know maybe I don't know let's say max 20 guys on the team, right? So if there's, um, not only if the guys are out there playing defense, but also too, if we're in the dugout and we're hitting, okay? Like, you know, there's a designated pole. Like if everybody's from this part over, like we're standing shoulder to shoulder, again, kind of build up some of that culture, um, get guys talking, you know, again, maybe they overhear a conversation that this guy's talking about, you know, about, you know, oh, hey, he threw me this and X, Y, and Z, and just kind of forces some of that conversation to happen. Um, So, you know, definitely from that side. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I pointed out too is 
Yes. I think this is the, the hard part though, as well as like literally what you're saying. Um, men are very emotional too. We just express it in very different ways. Yes. And so like, for example, like men wouldn't explain, like, for example, men wouldn't think, oh, I'm being emotional when they're frustrated, but they are. They're being very emotional, right? They're, they're very frustrated, so they're getting short with their words and all these other things, or they're being really quiet. It doesn't mean that you're not having emotion right now, right? Like, you're having a massive emotion. You're just how you're expressing it or what you're committing it, you know, in that same way. It's different. But what I, one of the things that I've really admired from softball in that way is not just the cheering. And, yes, again, of course, along with it, you're going to have the, you know, again, especially on certain teams with bad culture, right? Like, they could be really attacking. Those things can happen. That can happen with any team. It doesn't matter, you know, male, female, X, Y, and Z. But, you know, again, Yes, let's say that from this way, sometimes gossip could be high, X, Y, these, these things, right? And that happens, you know, guys happens the other way. You know, there's different ways that it expresses itself too. Um, but one thing that I really admire, you know, about the sport also in that same way is that there's also a like unspoken camaraderie uh, when it comes to supporting one another. Well, what I mean by that is, is that the basement of support is much higher than male sports, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like the basement, and I, obviously I'm talking in generalities, right? Like that, again, on with that, like, you know, uh, just in general, if you look at the two sports, like what is accepted in baseball compared to what is accepted in softball? Like, for example, if there's one girl not cheering, yo, I'm trying to get half the dugout to get in and locked in, right? And yes, on good teams, culture guys are into it when you're in, when you're playing games that are close games all the time it's also easy to get everybody tiled in but if you're getting your butt whooped or you're whooping somebody else like it's hard you know it's hard to get everybody to stay locked in the whole time right um and also too when you got the fans there and all those things that power fives and great awesome right that also helps everybody stay into it um and then also to the other team like you know hits a blast or you know like you know crushes something hits a pump somewhere right then it's like great all right now you have um that brings everybody back into but um, along with that is that one thing I think that can, you know, uh, a, a cultural thing that you guys have is like raising the basement of like support for one another. Right. Because yeah, like, dude, like that guy just struck out for a second time today and he missed that ball by like a foot or, you know, like just not even close is, you know, and again, like say he comes in the dugout and he slams his helmet. Right. And he's like, okay, uh, again, he's not being emotional then. Okay. And when he comes and sits in the dugout and he doesn't talk to anybody, is he not being emotional then? If he comes and again, even all that happens and he comes, stands up there and, you know, doesn't say anything to anybody, is he still not being emotional? When again, on the same side of that is he's still having all of those internal dialogues and those things that he's having and that support and those conversations that uh, could be, ha you know, could be happening from teammates is just because somebody's not saying something doesn't mean that something's not going on. Right. Um, so I think that that's the other thing as well is like there is that. Um, camaraderie that I've seen quite a bit and also too is I would say from that same thing of culture is uh, girls typically too are much more likely to um, help somebody else out and what I mean by that is like you know like if I've been hitting with a girl she's so much she's way more likely to go and say hey you should go and you know you should come with us or you should, you know, like, again, we should go do it together or we should do blah, blah, blah. instinct girls. Yeah. They like, um, community. Mm. A lot. Yeah. I think me and Brooke talk about this. My roommate, she mm -hmm. also uh, used to be a college soccer player mm -hmm. and me and shout her, out to Brooke. Yeah. Shout out to Brooke. <laughs> um, me and her always. Brookie. <laughs> Sorry. She had me going. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, uh, 
But um, we always talk about like how hard it is, like after you're done playing, like the motivation to go like and work out or get a lift in or something, because our whole entire lives we were on teams. Yeah. We were with people on teams. Like yeah. Training, we were training on groups or teams. Mm -hmm. And so it feels weird now, like being older, like we do it by ourselves. Yeah. Like we are used to some, like we're used to community people pushing us. Like I will yeah. be. Like for me, like I am more excited when I go do something with someone than I am like with by myself. For sure. I think it's just because being part of like a team atmosphere, like softball my whole entire life. That's a, that's what I always had. Yeah. So you like that this podcast is me and you. I get. Yeah. Like, like if I did this by myself, <laughs> I'd be I'd be stressing, boy. Stressing. stressing. Doing but, great. You're doing great. Nick. But yeah, thank you. Um. But yeah, like that hardest part after playing was like getting used to doing things on your own. Yeah. Not having that support anymore. Huge. And I think, well, yeah, I coached softball afterwards, but it wasn't the same. Like, yeah. it wasn't like I was on the team playing. I was managing. There's a yeah. big difference. And, and you guys have, a, like, a united, uh, you know, a united goal, right, that you guys are working towards things. I mean, again, yeah. I would say the same thing with that, right? If you're asking me right now if I wouldn't rather go to the gym and have 10 dudes in there lifting with me, like, absolutely, like, let's go and work. There's a reason that gyms even exist, right? Like, for sure, you could even have you could even have that too as well. Like, you know, when you create these environments, even like here as well, right? When, when people are training, of course they want to have like other people, not only is it going to push you, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, I'm telling you right now, I did my lift this morning and uh, a drill will vouch for my rest times in between um, each set. But again, when the other guy's already started and he's on his next lift or he's going, mm -hmm. again, subconsciously is going to push that, that as well. And then you got, you know, all the personalities that come within the team, right? Uh, you got the guys that are getting fired up and he's like, I remember some of the guys, it'd be 4 a.m. and that guy's like screaming, ready to rock. And I'm like, all right, man, like, all right. <laughs> like we're going, right? And then you also have the guys that like wake up kind of halfway through the lift and then and they kind of carry that energy or they're more infectious like with it um and then you got your guys too that are just quiet and like just getting after it and doing their thing and you have all these different personalities that are happening at the same time and also too yo like maybe yesterday i wasn't feeling it but today i am right maybe i'm the energy guy today and yesterday you were the energy guy that was really getting everybody riled up right and some guys that's just their personality throughout like they're typically always like that um and the same thing, like you're talking about, like within teams um, and the bus trips and the funny stories of, you know, oh, man, we got to be back in. We got to be back to the hotel in 10 minutes for, you know, bed check. But, uh, you know, this person, one of our teammates is getting a thing. And then if I leave him, then coach is going to be pissed that I left our teammate out by himself. And like, you know, if we're going to be late, we're going to be late together. And like, you know, like all of these little, you know, things that happen, um, you know, throughout. Um, so question for you, that just led me to a question. Cause I've never been on a bus like this. So when you guys are traveling, right. Uh, I know in baseball, like everybody, someone's about to get juiced up right now, uh, is we pay, we play mafia. Like that, that's a massive game for baseball players. Like we play mafia, right? So, um, it, it, it's, it, somebody right now is like, yeah, mafia, bro. That's my favorite game. Um, but yeah, so we play mafia. So the, the whole context of mafia basically is, uh, you have a, I forgot what they call them. Cody, give me some help. He's probably have his headphones on. Um, uh, but you have a, um, I forgot what the main guy's name is, but basically he's like the storyteller or he's the officiate, the host, whatever that, you know, whatever the name is. Someone's probably yelling at me right now. Narrator, right? So you have the narrator. <laughs> so you got the narrator um, that is, you know, having this, right? And he goes through and he picks 
the mafia, right? He picks certain people on the team, right? And usually we have like 20 people, right? And he picks, he, he picks uh, in the mafia, maybe there's uh, three mafia members, right? And then he goes and he goes, you know, picking the cops, picking the cops. So now he goes through and he picks like three different cops. And then he picks like one medic or two medic or doctors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have everybody close their eyes, all put their head down. And then we, uh, the narrator's like, hey, like, like mafia, open your eyes, right? Then they're like, they, the mafia opens their eyes, looks up at the narrator, and then they all decide on somebody to kill, right? Maybe one person, two people, X, Y, and Z, right? Okay, boom. So then they're like, cops, open your eyes. So the cops pick somebody that the narrator has to tell them. They pick somebody and go, I think that guy's in the mafia. They don't talk. They just all point, mm-hmm. right? They're like, they all is like, oh, I think, you know, Cody's in the mafia, right? So then they, we all point at him, and then the narrator either says yes or no, right? Mm-hmm. And then the doctor, doctor, open your eyes. Then the doctor picks someone to save hey i want to save nicole right mm-hmm. so let's say the mafia picked to kill you but then the doctor picked you to save mm-hmm. right then you're not you're not gonna die right but so mm-hmm. so then the, the funny part is is you always we always picked a funny narrator because the narrator would get up and he'd be like oh guys <sighs> there was a murder last night <laughs> this is what happened you know, tragic. It was tragic. There was a, a freeway accident. And they would come up with this like mm-hmm. so elaborate story of how this person like died or whatever, right? Or and then just right at the last second, the doctor shows up and like saves them. They would come up with these drastic stories that were hilarious. And so, um, I speaking of that, um, my teammates used to kill me almost always immediately. Like first person they'd be out. Like if I wasn't in the mafia, that oh, and then sorry, the last thing would happen was. After it all happens, um, everybody votes as a group, right? The, the community, right? Votes who they think is mafia and they vote them out, right? Mm-hmm. So typically if they're mafia, they wanted to, they were, they're killing me first, right? And then, because I can recruit people and get them on our team and be like, yo, I think it's that guy. Meanwhile, I'm on the mafia the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the good part. It gets kind of crazy with that. Uh, you start playing the other way and be like, man, no, I'm a cop. I'm a cop, da, da, da. And then the guy you're talking to is actually a cop, and he knows that you're not a cop, so you got to know how to like, read people um, and all that stuff. And then you're like, I thought I could trust you, man. I thought I could trust you. <laughs> uh, so we'd have this. We'd play Mafia for, like, hours um, on the bus. Um, what are what would you guys, first off, would you guys even play games on the bus? What would you guys, like, do on the bus? What was kind of, like, your guys' it things that you guys would do when you traveled? I know, like, when I played think it was dub smash that was like the dub thing smash? i think it was like was it was kind of like tiktok but it wasn't it's basically like there's like a voiceover in videos okay so it was like the pre-tiktok the tech like vine almost yeah it yeah. was you know like what a vine, vine. is Have you yeah seen i remember yeah, yeah. vine i'm old like vine. enough for vine yeah we make vine made a couple classic vines taylor back in the day remember yeah but most time on the bus what i noticed that was the time for girls to do their hair Okay. It's hair time on the Interesting. bus. The braids and the eye black, that's Makes the sense. hair time. That was like yeah. the bonding time. Yeah. And then going back on the bus, it would just depend on the mood, whether if you got your the crap beat out of you, yep. you probably weren't saying much of anything to anybody. Yep. But if you were actually, you know, you had a, good, a great like a series, then it would yep. be a lot of singing and chanting and cheering on the bus. That's funny. You know, I remember. We, did, um, we didn't have that. We didn't. Yeah. We, we had karaoke sometimes, and that was pretty classic. We usually would start the road trip. We had like a longer road trip and the coach would like designate somebody and he, they would like, mm-hmm. Hey, you got 10 minutes and you're singing. Right. I was, I think I was one of the first ones as like freshmen or transfers. Like we all mm-hmm. had to sing and I got some good karaoke and got the bus going, you know? Uh, but yeah, definitely no, uh, chanting with it too. What, what would you guys do on, um, 
so I mean I, I'm thinking both ways, right? Power fives a lot of times they're flying and stuff. There's very lit, you know. There's not as much bus time. Um, me, I, I went through the junior college ranks, went NAI, a lot of things. We had some bus trips, right? We had yeah. some bus like I mean I had some 14 hour trips. I mean we had some bus trips, so we we came up with a lot of things to do. Um, do you guys uh do you guys um this is very basic in baseball because I'll have all these uh, TikToks that are about this. Mm -hmm. uh, we. How was sleeping on the bus? Because we had it like it was like a maze. Like if you if you needed to get to the bathroom, it was like you had to like crawling over seats, like you're tiptoeing over people. Like how was your guys' things like with the with the with the sleeping? How how did that go? I don't know if you guys took trips long enough that you guys could take. We a nap. did. We took yeah. trips to like Oklahoma on the bus, and it was yeah. the same. Like yeah. kind of going a up maze. and around and over. Like yeah. I don't even down I under. Wait till like the course. next like bus stop out of Bucky's or something to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I was not sure. about to go to the bathroom in yeah. the back of the bus. Yeah. We used to have that have that talk when we started the bus trip. I'm like, listen, all right, there's certain things we can do in this bathroom and there's certain things we can't. Right? We got a team full of people here. We're gonna be in this bus for fourteen hours. Like we'll we're gonna make stops. Like we need to wait. I'm so small, I would just use the whole entire seat to myself and just sleep on my seat. Like, there you someone go. Someone bigger than me, they had to use like two seats with the yep. feet coming off. Yeah, yeah that wasn't my the, problem. We used to lay across the rows and all the stuff. Yeah, I used to be quite a bit is a it was a fun thing but yeah no i think just one that is like uh camaraderie and also to just like picking each other up i think that you guys do uh just a great job in general and uh uh you know again uh our sport can pick up a lot from that i don't know necessarily if we need to be chanting in the dugout even though some of them are pretty hilarious speaking of that uh what's your what's your favorite chant what was the favorite <laughs> one that you learned over the years put you on the spot I'm gonna put you on the spot. Give me your, give me your, 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 your. Oh my one. gosh, it's like, it's one of the really dumb cheers, but it's just so funny to me. Um. <laughs> oh, she's throwing up. <laughs> it's like it's so, it's so gross, but it's so funny to me. I learned that one last year, but it was hilarious. But yeah, that's my favorite cheer. That's funny. No, I. That's why I was, I was when I was at um, Oregon a couple of weeks ago. I was just listening to some of their chants, and I'm just like, it, both teams, like, just hilarious with the things they come up with. They were like, they're creative. All, the um, they were playing Stanford, and Stanford was like doing this like really intricate beat like in the mm -hmm. dugout, and um, I was like, okay, like they had they had old the whole dugout was like getting it in with this like they're slamming on the pads um in front of the dugout, um they had like a little a couple different ones that were hilarious, um, but no, I think that's you know again it's you can't go to a game and like it's just expected like, i think that's the, the thing is like everybody knows it everybody knows that right but like it's also too everybody just like run past us it's like it's so unique mm -hmm. to the sport right but everybody's just like yeah yeah of course that's how it is i was like yeah yeah but like that's so interesting like it's just like why is it in that sport but like in no other sport like mm -hmm. they're not doing that in like women's basketball like they're not doing that in in uh uh you know swimming like you know like I don't I don't know um like you're not doing that in volleyball mm -hmm. right like it, it's it's different right so um I think it's just a unique thing that's you know kind of in the sport um you know from that way too mm -hmm. what has been uh uh <laughs> what has been on the, also from those those chants too what have you been like like what like the, the craziest one that you've heard like people come up with 
can't really think of one of the top of my head, but it's always funny on teams. There's always like the designated two or three people that make the cheers, and then there's the rest oh, okay. of us who kind of like go along with the cheers. And yeah. we're like, oh yeah, like okay, I this is the cheer. Yeah, I never made a cheer personally, like, yeah. but I always went along you need with to the cheers. Gotta and step it up, Nicole. I know. I'm gonna make I, you, you know, make. My yeah, time is done. Yeah, the, the, on the next podcast, you're coming with a cheer. <laughs> All right, everybody's waiting for your cheer that you're coming up with. All right, you make a cheer for this this team. We'll cheer with you. Um, but yeah, what was the what was the um, some of those too. I I know that you you were talking about one at uh, uh, lunch too. Oh, it um, was um like personal ones that they used to make for certain. Yeah, players. like this one. I remember this one was so random during a game. We never even thought about it before, but we had this girl on the team. Her name was Shay O'Leary, and she's mm -hmm. a pitcher. And they would say her name like Shay Shay Shay, Shay Shay Shay, <laughs> Shay O'Leary. <laughs> with the claps and everything yeah. it was so interesting to me and i was like oh we never even made that before and uh -huh. i thought i asked the person who like made the cheers like when was that cheer made and it's like oh just now oh, yeah i just <laughs> made it up so yeah that's just kind of cool. going along with the cheers i think was no, a big thing for softball but yeah. i also think um softball since it's so open like outdoors and the dugouts are like close and your people are always close maybe that's why there's more cheering yeah there's more downtime too compared to basketball or volleyball everything's so fast yeah no love that no and i think that's the, like you said it's like it fills and that's another thing that like fills they even do that here locally with like the nights is like the the downtime is not really downtime like they come up with a way to make it very engaging yeah, sure. and i think it's a major way too that like why the sport is so engaging is like even the downtime is not really downtime um you know even in stadiums right like they play music when things get slower they they try to cram up with dances or you know like you know uh, uh, my favorite is um at stadiums they used to do this at salt lake all the time uh they would play uh for the bees uh they would play um the Lion King song and everybody would lift their babies oh, there, right? And so like all the little kids would be in there. That's one of my favorites where it's like people's ball. dogs. Yeah, people's dogs and stuff. Like all those things are filling in those gaps. I mean, obviously you look at the, you know, um, Savannah Bananas, you know, they do crazy stuff in between all their stuff with all their dances. They're huge on social media right now, just absolutely crushing it. Um, no, and I, I think the, the main thing with this too is I think on uh, the next pod, maybe we'll start going to some, some details with some stuff too of um intricacies and go some layers deeper but i know that there's a large part of the audience like that listens up like first off i know a lot of people that have not watched softball in years because they were bored back in the day mm -hmm. softball is crazy exciting now it is right and again i wasn't you know some of the times that they talked about like i know some people was like man like it was just a pitcher's duel it's like one zero like you know like there's not a lot of action you know girls weren't hitting the ball like that mm -hmm. like if you haven't watched softball in a while like that like power five softball and again with the ratings that are looking at at the world series i'm pretty sure people are you know quite a bit a few people are are tuning in now um but again if you if you are listening to this and you haven't like you're just like oh man i just get stuck in my baseball world like bro you need to watch some some power five softball and like yeah, it's 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 action packed. Like especially too, if you need to get into the go watch a game. Like go physically and watch a game, be in the environments. Um, yeah, especially too if you can get out to right it's about to happen right now, right? They're about to go into post uh, yeah, postseason stuff's coming up pretty quick, right? Um there's so much uh, you know, exciting events like that are, that are uh, coming out. Like definitely like get out and watch a game. Um they get sports, you know, just getting faster and more athletic and all those things. And it's, it's becoming, um, uh, pretty exciting. Um, I definitely don't mind. I mean, a, and also too, I'm just gonna drop this one as well. I've been to a lot of ballparks, man. If you sit in the parent section, they getting it in over there. Like I know first off the dads are like, okay, 
like the alcohol at the games, they'd be getting it in. Like the dads be getting it in. I'm like, yo, good for y'all. Like they'd be having a good old time. They're on vacay. They're doing their things. They're, they're cheering, ranting, raving, all the stuff. Um, and then, you know, again, uh, you know, uh, just, I love sitting in that parent section. It's just, it's yeah, they, they are in it to win it like that. They are pumped up. Everybody's in their gear. I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's fun. So yeah, if you can definitely get out to some of those games, you definitely should. Um, you know, uh, side note, like I said, try to sit next to the parent section. It's it's just it's on a cracking. Crazy. I actually got to experience that not too long ago. I went to a UNLV softball game just mm. so I could like yep. get some things for my course I'm making for Slapper Two course. Mm -hmm. And so I went to nice go plug. watch some girls. I like that. that was good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And um, I actually sat next to the Cal Berkeley parents, and uh -huh. like this one little pod. Yeah. And it was so hilarious to me, like the conversations they would yeah. have, like yep. they would sneak their drinks in. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, it was. That was my first time like experience that because I've always been like in the dugout, but I never really got to like watch a game like that from outside perspective. Outside, yeah, no, and also too, I think this year, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. I think this year was the first year that Oregon specifically had drinks like at the softball game, mm -hmm. and so like the parent, the dads were like, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> they were juiced, uh, so they were you know definitely getting them. I'm like, I'm like. Uh, I started checking. I was like, you know, dads come and sit next to me and start, you know, talking, talking with me about stuff. And I'm like, sixth inning, like they were tuned in. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, come in the lake. But I get it, you know, like they're going out, um, you know, they're going out and uh, uh, they're visiting their, you know, little little girl, and you know, for a couple a couple days, they're doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, you know, like it's a vacay for a lot of them as well. It's like, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, Taylor one day when you know your boy pops out when when with a girl and she playing softball. You know, I'm gonna have to. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not such a beer drinker, but, you know, you never know. Maybe pull out a Dr. Pepper, you know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe one beer just to say I did it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? All the things. And it's but. different for the parents then, too, compared to, like, before, like, in high school and before, like. Yeah. In high school, you know, when you're done playing, you go back home to your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in college, when you're done playing, you go to your dorm or to your apartment. Unless you're yeah. playing with your parents in school, that's different. But, yeah. you know, I think at the time, I noticed a lot when parents have their daughters and they go out and play college softball yeah um the conversations are different yeah and they're a little more laid back they actually like to enjoy watching the game or yeah or i think um, there's like stressful because there was like the, the like the recruiting time all that the training time and now yeah. it's like a different perspective for them they get to watch their daughter play her final years of softball yeah. ever and we're here like you know it's like the whole point it's like you know like you said like instead of fighting to get somewhere like, yo, we're yeah, here. So we need to soak it in. Yeah, like mm -hmm. be in the moment. Like I was even talking about that uh, just recently. I was talking with that to specifically uh, straight to uh, Paige at Oregon. I was like, hey, you know, you got to remember, like, it seems crazy. But, you know, you've had, this is your second year at Oregon, right? Like you got two more. Like you're halfway through. Like you'll, like I, I, I gave her this. Uh, you know, something I, I've been using quite a bit. I think I might have mentioned on another pod, but if not, um, you know, I, I give her this as like, hey, like, imagine like you're 80 years old. You developed, you know, they got a time machine. Boom. Mm -hmm. You're back in this moment, right? You're standing at shortstop. You're the shortstop for the Oregon Ducks, right? And you're in this moment. And you're just looking around and all the fans are there and all this. And like, you're the starting shortstop. Right. And like this moment, like you only got it for a short, mm -hmm. brief period in time, you know, and, you know, no matter what happens in the game, no matter what, you know, it's, it's, it's over like 
it's gone, right? It's, it's gone forever. And you can go, but man, like that was my sophomore year and I was blah, blah, blah. And like just sitting there and being in that moment and just being like, wow, like, you know, and we could all use that in our lives too, right? It's like, again, you, you go back, you know, you're eight years old and you shoot back to this moment and you're like, oh man, like with perspective, oh yeah, that was when I was, you know, getting my life this way. And I'm like, oh, we hadn't done this with the business yet. Or, oh, that's before we had our third kid or that's before blah, blah, blah. And, oh, this happened the next year. Oh man, that was the last year of my dad. And like, oh, if I would have just had that one moment back, you know, like all those things and like just having that perspective. But like you're saying is like, there's so much perspective. Uh, there's so much perspective um, that a lot of the parents have at that moment where like, okay, hey, like this is, we're here. Like this is the level that we're at. And like, it's fully off me really at this point. And like, you know, I want to help and uh, facilitate and do whatever, like, you know, help continue to help them. But at the same time, um, yeah, there's, there's not another level to get to. Like, I mean, obviously they started the professional league and like some of these things yeah. that are now happening, but a lot of girls don't want to either not playing in that league. Right. And, or, you know, again, they graduated, they're moving on, they're doing other things. And like, you know, that's, that's the level for sure. So much more laid back. Um, yeah, the, um, so I, I think the last thing, uh, uh, here, Nikki P, I'm gonna give you a break, but next time you get on the podcast, I might make you pray us out too. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. <laughs> Today I'll take it. But uh, yeah, let's pray us out and then we'll go from there. Cool. Thank cool. You. All right. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, uh, thank you so much for uh, just providing for us, God, and just uh, not only just providing in uh, ways that we find as blessing, God, but just in perspective and um, so many different ways that you continue to mold our hearts and, and open our minds and uh, just be more in the moment, be where our feet are, God. And uh, we just uh, are so grateful that. Uh, you continue to use us and work through us and even through our disobedience, even our setbacks, even when our, our every moment we fall short, that you continue to love, uh, love us, God, and uh, just give us um, uh, more love and understanding and grace and mercy, God. And we're just so th thankful that your, your grace is uh, new every day. And we just uh, we uh, are just so grateful for you. And we ask uh, that you, for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, until next time. Farm system out.